Welcome, everyone, to this segment of Manufacturing Talk Radio. We are at ISM 2017. We're in Orlando, Florida. We're here with Tony Uphoff, who is the president and uh, is it the chief executive officer? Yes, indeed. Chief executive officer of ThomasNet. Very cool organization. And Tony is going to give us an update of what is going on with ThomasNet. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Tim and Lou. It's great to be here with you. Uh, I am, uh, I believe, the third person to carry the titles of president and CEO in 120 years for Thomas. So uh, very you proud. Don't, you don't look that old. Yeah, exactly. I'm aging well, I think. <laughs> I'm aging well. well. You're only there two months or so. It, it's uh, a little over 100 days. Yeah. And so, you know, I grew up in the business information industry producing media products for professionals from technology to game development to medical professionals. And if you grew up the way that I did, you knew who Thomas was. They've always been a legendary company, but a very private company. And when I was introduced to the family and the company and there was an opportunity to join, I, uh, I jumped at the opportunity. And it, we're in an interesting you know, uh, period of time. So Thomas was an early adopter shifting from print to digital. So technically speaking, Thomas was one of the first companies online commercially back in the mid-90s. Uh, and then in the mid-2007 you know, time frame, did away with print completely and went digital only. Right. So today, the primary platform we have of ThomasNet uh, is a very large software technology platform that's got over 600,000 suppliers, 6 million products, 10 million CAD drawings, and supports about a million two to 2 million, depending on the month, of buyers looking for products, services, and suppliers. So we've come from being a a registered directory business to a software company over that period of time. So it's really a remarkable time to be at the company. It's, uh, their, their change uh, was, we, we started with the Internet in 1994. Uh, 94. Yeah, so you were very early. Uh, I Actually, I went to the event in Washington, D.C., where the government agency literally turned over the internet wow. to private enterprise. Wow! I was there. Yeah, and I had no idea what it was going to be all about. Uh, I came back, spoke to Tim. I said, "I don't know what this is, but it's going to be huge." Yeah, and we created our first website. Yeah, uh, we were glad to see Thomas and others uh, make that uh, yeah. switch, and now it's the only way to go. Yeah, yeah. So what, what's the new and exciting parts of uh, Thomas? You, you know, you, you started this in the mid-'90s, the electronic version. Um, the green books, by the way, you'll be happy to know, are still on bookshelves all over the country. And the reason why I know that <laughs> is that some of the phone numbers that we have in old ads, which when the numbers went uh, bad and I wanted to change them, I kept them. So I still get phone calls from ads that appeared in the mid-90s. So that, that says a lot for Thomas Register. You know, it is remarkable. So two, two kind of cultural reference stones I'll give you. One is um, at our headquarters in New York, I would say probably once or twice a day, we get a phone call from somebody that's looking in one of the registers, and they want to know how to access ThomasNet. So they haven't yet started to use the software platform, which is really pretty interesting. The other thing that happens regularly, and it just happened, I think, two weeks ago, Saturday Night Live will oftentimes use characters out of small manufacturing, and they use legit Thomas Register guides on the background. So people send me these clips, um, you know, you know straight. taken straight from popular culture. 
You know, it, it's amazing though. I think I think one of the things that we're able to do today that is perhaps different than the earlier days of the internet is the role that data plays, and particularly the role that data plays in serving the user. So, you know, every day we're capturing real-time intention-based data, everything from what's pulsing on the site. So, I'll give you a you know simple example. Um, PCB boards were just absolutely ringing off the hooks the last 30 to 45 days. So it was pulsing way above our average. Well, it turns out there was a, a two earthquakes in Japan that took down two suppliers. Yeah. And there was also a challenge with a supplier in China. Guess what was happening? People were starting to see this early and they're starting to look at their supply chain or look at alternative suppliers. But we're also capturing all of this data and now starting to improve the user experience. So if you come by the booth today, and I'd, I'd love you guys to give you sure. guys a tour. Love to. We're showing version 3.0 of the platform. And this is a, a significant step up for us. So whole new user interface, new search that we built a proprietary search algorithm in there, right. um, new workflow tools. And we're also starting to integrate things based on the user data that showed us they were increasingly concerned about the financial health of some of the suppliers they were evaluating. So right. technical ability, business ability, today is certainly a predominant part of it, but then there's the other side of it is, hey, this could be a small to medium-sized company. It may not be a publicly traded company. Are they healthy? You know. To give you just a little insight further to what your, your point is, that ISO has now, a year ago, made risk management on, of transactions, a requirement that a company must go through on every order. Absolutely. So we created our own version of what you're talking about, of a risk management. We checked their, before even quoting, yeah. over a certain dollar amount, Yeah. Uh, we check out their credit and see, we, we go through one of the credit agencies and uh, we would check them out. If they don't look as good as they should, they might get a different price. Yeah. Or yeah. they may get different terms. Absolutely. So this is becoming a very important factor in the QA world. Yeah. You know, Lou, I think you're touching on something that's also pretty interesting. You know, if we look at our audience, it's, you know, heavy into engineering, heavy into procurement, right. and, and also supply chain management, and then perhaps the broader ecosystem that would fit into the industrial or manufacturing marketplaces. One of the things that we've clearly seen is that the idea of supply chain management, let's call it, has gone from a back office function to a strategic imperative. Right. And you know, you certainly see it at a show like ISM and you can sure. feel that and understand it, but it's happening everywhere. You know, I, I always say to, to people, the reason we know the name Tim Cook is not because he ever designed a product. He was a genius in supply chain management. Steve Jobs went and plucked him out of compact computer many, many years ago before people knew who Tim Cook was. When he first came to the Silicon Valley, people had never heard of this guy. Hmm. He's now running the most valuable company on earth. He's a supply chain genius. Right. And so I think, you know, let, let's call him the rock star for, for <laughs> this generation of, of supply right. chain management. Right. But I think, Lou, you're touching on something that's critically important. I think this idea of if your supply chain goes down, your business goes down today. Sure. And, and that may be different than it was 10 years ago. You know, it, I think we're, we're moving in such speed with a lot of the digital components that are factoring in here. It's changing the game for a lot of these businesses. But not only that, and I, I bring up ISO again, <coughs> that when I first uh, got our first registration, which was in 1992, uh, uh, I did it primarily for marketing purposes. Yeah, and interesting. As it progressed, we saw that it was 
really critical to our business. Yeah. And we may have even gotten very picky about uh, contracts and terms and conditions and things of that nature from our clients. Uh, I mean, now, to write a terms and conditions, you now have to get a lawyer. Yeah. Or to read one, you have to get a lawyer. Yeah. Uh, so it's gotten very critical that uh, you're, you're doing the smart things for your business. Yeah, it's interesting. I was talking last night to, uh, to uh, the heads of procurement from Google over here. Now I, I won't. I can't give away a lot of information from the conversation I had with them, but they were just you know, give us their direct phone number. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think I can say. I mean, they spend twenty-four billion dollars a year, so in, you can imagine the complexity of what they're dealing with. And and they were right. sharing, you know, very kind to share some thoughts about ThomasNet and how they use the platform. But they were also talking about what a day in the life is like. And to your point, the the intersection between technical capabilities and contractual. Regulations and you know details. It's uh, it's not for the faint of heart. It's a complex no, it world. De it definitely isn't. Yeah. So, so I'm sorry, uh, Tony. What do you see in the next ten years for ThomasNet? Um, I, you know, it's interesting. We're we're looking at a couple of things right now. So one is, I think you're going to see us continue to really focus on the user base and continue to build out in workflow tools and things that'll help them do their jobs easier, uh, faster provide them access to more suppliers and more tools. So the the recent program we just put together with Dun & Bradstreet that I mentioned before, that's a reflection of the related jobs, meaning I'm not just looking at the technical capabilities of this supplier, I have to understand their financial health. We think is the beginning of a series of related job efforts that we can provide on the platform. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, we have a, a, a very large research project that we've embarked on with a, strategy, a company called Strategine, which is one of the, the world's leading. They work with Facebook and Intel and Microsoft and IBM. It's one of the world's leading user-related strategy companies. And what they're doing is helping us understand the related job functions of our audience base so that we can help them into the future. So if there's a related area around, let's say for a procurement professional, um, you know, they need to understand how to negotiate contracts better. You know, rather than right. have them leave ThomasNet, we should provide that type of information in the form of content and expert advice. So you're going to see us flesh out the content experience for the user so that over time we see ThomasNet as simply becoming a daily habit for the marketplace in, in our own way, not unlike a Bloomberg terminal. So in the financial market, it's always on. People can go on there and connect with buyers and sellers, but they can also go on to monitor data and other things that are relevant for their job. So again, following that user base. Other two things that we're doing is to support our advertiser base. We have about 10,000 advertisers and growing that are on the primary ThomasNet platform. Sitting on top of that platform, we have a business called Thomas Marketing Services that takes data from the real-time intention base, uh, you know, uh, ThomasNet user, and then buys marketing services and produces marketing services. So if you're interested in lead generation type of services or different types of advertising programs beyond the traditional platform, we can integrate that in. And then at the top part of our business, we're doing an awful lot in data and data syndication. So. If you have multiple products in your portfolio and you sell through distribution, it's really complex today to manage that data. Mm -hmm. You know, product SKUs, pricing, and then not only get it organized for your own company and on your own website, but syndicate it out through your distribution partners. So we're building very sophisticated capabilities around those areas. Wow. So those are that's kind of a, a you know near-term roadmap. And then I guess, you know, longer term, uh, you know, we're, we're also uh, probably not a surprise to the two of you. We live in a global market. 
Right. And so, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're analyzing a more of a platform strategy that would apply to the global markets. So we think of what we do as a platform. That platform resides on a, on a series of servers as opposed to a physical location. So the opportunity for us to move that platform to serve multiple markets is, uh, is available to us now, and we're exploring those options as well. So it's safe to say that Thomas is no longer a directory. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it funny, Lou? I, you know, it's so funny. I, I get asked that, you know, do, do you still think of it as a directory? And I, I always say to people, if you think of the core value of what a directory is has never gone away. You know, right. I want to find um, a group of products, services, supplier companies now. Now, now that fit into the way that I look at the world. I think that last part is is something we're now able to do that you could never do in the old print directory business because right. our taxonomy has 60,000 components to it. And all that means is, you know, you mentioned ISO. You can configure what you're looking for on the platform in right. ways that are tailored to the way you are looking at suppliers, right. whether you're a government buyer, you're a small company, large company, whatever you're looking for. And in the old directory business, boy, that's hard to do in print. No, right? it's hard. <laughs> you know, That's like going to the yellow pages, and then you have to start searching. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. So, you know, for, for us, you know, we're I, – I think I, – I think we're probably more excited about our future than, than we are about our past, but we're also very aware of the fact that we're a blazing modern software technology platform that sits on 120 years of history. And so we do spend a lot of time trying to understand that you'd be surprised how much of that history is around. Everything that we have ever produced is digitized, and we can access it and wow. look at it and learn from it. You know, technically speaking, we've had more experience with industrial marketing than any company on earth. Sure. And so we, we spend a lot of time not, we, you know, from a hubris point of view, but really trying to think through, hey, how do we understand that in, in kind of informing our strategy going forward, if that makes sense? And how do we best use that to serve our audience of users, but also serve our valued advertisers as well? We're uh, our all metals and forge company. We're talking to your uh, sales group about yeah. the the sales lead management methodology that you're coming up with. Yeah, it's it's we're not there yet, but uh, we find it very interesting. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I look forward to, to getting your feedback on it. You yeah. know, one of the things that uh, you know I've just been fortunate to grow up in other markets, and I spent a long time in in the um, uh, business technology marketplace. So developing early demand generation programs and sophisticated technology to support major tech companies, IBM, Microsoft, you know, Dell, and I really learned a lot from those experiences. And I think there's things that we learned about understanding how to serve audiences and engage audiences around certain types of content that can create mid-funnel type of demand generation on behalf of our advertisers. So we're starting to bring those products and services out. And that was a little bit of what I was referring to earlier. We now call that Thomas Marketing Services right. so that it's tied to the Thomas brand. And uh, I look forward to getting your feedback. We, we're getting a lot of interest in that those yeah. types of services. So uh, That's just recently started, I gather. It is, yeah. So uh, we've been busy over the last 100 days. But <laughs> as I said earlier before we started the interview, some of the things that you're seeing now, Thomas, do, frankly, were in place before I walked in the door. I'm going to take shameless credit. Take, take the credit. <laughs> take credit. <laughs> <laughs> shameless credit, yeah. but seriously, a lot of these things were in play, and I think the the, uh, the co-chairs of the company uh, and the family were looking for somebody that had probably had a bit of that background and experience of right. bringing those types of you know opportunities together 
and, and holistically, you know, moving the company into more of a one Thomas versus a bunch of different businesses underneath the Thomas umbrella. Keep it under the brand. You got it. You got it. And you know what brand is. Yes, indeed. And if you make it to enough of these shows, you wind up getting a yellow jacket. I was going to say, it stands out. I know when we were setting this meeting up, I think it was Lou that said via email, you can't miss us. We're the guys in the yellow jackets. So, yeah, yeah. Well, we certainly look forward to uh, having additional conversations with Thomas. Uh, we would like to continue the dialogue as things happen at Thomas. So there are, I'm sure, a lot of opportunities for us to converse together on some exciting things that Thomas is doing. Tony, we congratulate you for becoming president and chief executive officer at ThomasNet. We are very encouraged to see somebody with some energy and enthusiasm and excitement for Thomas uh, uh, take over the helm because I think uh, you've got a real opportunity to, uh, to fire it up. Yeah, thank you, Tim. Appreciate it. And I'd like to just make uh, one comment also that, uh, as you mentioned, perhaps we can have a discussion about feedback and such. Uh, we, being that we've been a client of yours for 40-plus years, yep. and I was never ashamed to tell people at Thomas when I thought you did good or when, you, when I thought you did bad by As it, it should be, yep. Uh, and uh, they've always been very cooperative. I think that we have some information perhaps uh, that Thomas could be able to use as a result of Manufacturing Talk Radio and our talking to uh, all kinds of people, uh, manufacturers, uh, politicos, uh, scientists, educators, talking about manufacturing all over the country. And uh, that may prove to be of some value to you. You know, Lou I, I, and Tim, I think it would, and, and I think one of the other things, and perhaps, you know, on, on another visit, um, every two seconds uh, a buyer is sourcing a supplier on ThomasNet. Every five minutes a Fortune 100 buyer is sourcing suppliers. And I mention that because it's it's kind of impressive. <laughs> it, it's impressive, certainly. Right. But think of the wealth of data we have. And yeah. my point being is I think that might be very interesting to you. So we're, we're seeing a lot of data. And as we anonymize that data, we're seeing it by category, by region, by different right. things that right. might really be interesting. You know, we're looking at the idea of a pulse meter or an, or an indices that would allow people to understand, hey, what's going on in aerospace? What's happening in electronics? What's happening in some of these markets? And I mentioned it, Lou, to your, your point. It might be very interesting to your listeners that on some level of frequency – you know, one of us comes on with you, or we just stream that information, and We'd you were just able to reference. Love you know. to do it. Yeah. Love to yeah. do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because we do follow the numbers. We have yep. a lot of number of people coming on the show. Uh, Brad Holcomb uh, is the big kahuna in terms of numbers. Yep. Uh, we have other economists that come on. And yeah. We've become very well versed in certain areas. Yeah. Some boring areas, but nonetheless, <laughs> but nonetheless yeah. important. Yeah. So we we could set that up. Look forward to it. Yeah, I'm not sure that the statistics was my favorite course in college. <laughs> and look where you wound up. <laughs> Somewhere there's a professor listening to me going, wait a minute, what? He's talking <laughs> stats. Grady who? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We have been talking with Tony Uphoff, who is the president and chief executive officer of Thomas Net, who's going to join us in the future. But, Tony, thank you for being on Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Luke. Pleasure thank to be here. Thank you very, very much. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.